Good afternoon. It's good to see all of you, and it's good to speak without a mask. Thank you for spending time with us on site, and for those who watch online, we appreciate your time with us. Uh, and if you can click the button for subscribe with us, uh, that would be an honor and privilege for us to have you. When we think of the word hero, what comes to mind? Brave, strong, selfless, good, usually charming. And when people needed help, this hero out of nowhere show up, deliver them, bring them to safety, save the day, never ask for reward, and rode off into the distant sunset. That's Superman. That's our hero. But the Bible also tells us a different type of hero. Hero of faith. But they aren't always brave, good, selfless, rarely have superpower. And if you read the Bible long enough, you will find them all listed in Hebrews chapter 11. We have Abraham, Sarah, Moses, Gideon, Samson, and the unknowns, because the writer of the Hebrews says he does not have time to list out everybody. In many ways, these people are just like you and me. Missing the mark, dropping the ball. What is it in Abraham or Sarah or Moses that we should be telling the story even today? What makes them heroes of faith? by the Bible translator. Abraham became the father of many nations because he believes God and stepped out. Sarah became a mother in her old age because she believed God who told her that she would conceive even though she is medically overdue. Moses became the deliverer of people in bondage because he believed God called him to lead his people out of Egypt. And Moses obeyed. They are connected by the virtue of their faith in God and what they obey after they believe God has led them to do. That's the hallmark of spiritual heroes. Some of their faith are huge like Abraham, like Moses. Some of their faith is commonplace, like Abel. How hard can it be to offer your sacrifice to God? The Bible tells us, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Let's pray as we continue to explore this topic. Father, we thank You this afternoon as we gather 
together, may we be like what Hebrews 11, 6 says, that, Lord, we will come before you. We want to believe, Lord, you exist, and that you will continue to reward those who seek you earnestly. So we pray as we seek you to unpack this important topic for us, that, Lord, you will download and reward us a portion that we need to take away today. The Lord, our faith will increase, that our trust in you will increase, and that we can continue to love you, serve you, all the more, rest of our days, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. But faith is a word that often brings about many ideas. If you Google the word faith, you will get some of these things. Number eight, Christian theology, the trust in God and His promises, as made through Christ and the Scripture by which humans are justified or saved. We can accept that. Number five, the system of religious belief. We say this person have Christian faith, that person have a Jewish faith, that person have a Buddhist faith, Muslim faith, that we can use. Number two, some people out there think that Faith is a belief that is not based on proof. But what is biblical faith? Hebrews 11 verse 1 define faith for us. ESV version says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So faith is assurance and conviction on something that is real, but we cannot see. This version says faith means being sure of the things we hope for. And faith means knowing that something is real, even if we don't see it. Message version says fundamental facts of existence is that this trust in God this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It is our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguishes our ancestors, set them above the crowd. Someone defined faith as faith is a perception and the pursuit of the unseen realm. From Hebrew 11, faith, faith reveals to us there's another reality that is the unseen, the eternal, the heavenly, the supernatural realm that we cannot see with our physical eyes. The unseen realm is more powerful than what we can see, the seen and the natural realm. And the only way to interact and to tap on the unseen realm is by faith through faith. We use terms like live by faith, walk by faith, having faith. So Hebrew 11, 1 is not faith that is a wishful thinking of faith that is based, not based on proof. By seeing the supernatural realm, we now hope in what is real. St. Augustine says, faith is to believe what you do not see. And the reward of this faith is to see what you believe. 
2 Corinthians 5, 7, encourage us to live by faith and not by sight. Corinne Tambun says this, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. You see, I learned there are at least four aspects of walking by faith from a familiar story which I want to share with you today from John 11. Today's, today's story is a familiar story, the story of resurrection of Lazarus. I'm sure you have heard the story many times, but today, God willing, I will take you into a deeper journey in this story. It's about two sisters, Martha and Mary, have called on Jesus to heal their brother, who was very sick. Jesus said to the disciples that this sickness does not lead to death. So Jesus delayed going to help Lazarus. And then he changed his mind. And then Jesus reached the place, but Lazarus died. So let's see what uh, John 11 uh, tells us. John 11 verse 1, taken a reading from the ESV version. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and the sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Interesting, right? Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying all these things, he said to, the, to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I will go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus has spoken of his death, but they thought he, was, he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there, so that you may believe, you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So this brings me to my first point for today, trust in our God greater purpose. 
trust in our God's greater purpose. If you want to walk by faith, if you want to have faith, you need to trust in God's greater purpose. When the two sisters send their private message to Jesus, make no mistake, they hope that Jesus will show up immediately to help and heal their brother. But Jesus chose otherwise. Can't you hear Jesus? Lazarus is very sick. Remember Lazarus, whom you love very much. Jesus had a greater purpose. Then after delaying for two days, Jesus expressed his desire to return to Judea. His disciple this time dissuade him from doing so. But he says, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Many scholars think that he is predicting that he has limited time to do his ministry. And that's why he needs to move in to Judea, even though there's risk for him. Jesus has a greater purpose, even though the disciples think of his safety. Jesus said, let's go and awaken Lazarus. But Thomas said, let's also go that we may die with him. Jesus has a greater purpose. St. Augustine also says, seek not to be understood Seek not to understand that you may believe, but believe that you may understand. Nothing will block the spiritual, supernatural plan of God in your life like our logic. We are just too smart, inverted commas, for God. Too intelligent for the supernatural. Too brilliant for, for the kingdom of God. So we live our lives without logic. So we limit ourselves to live only in the natural. And we miss out seeing God's greatest purpose. Too many of God's children operate in the natural. Before we come to, the, to know God, we live in the natural. So if we operate in that level, God understands. God allows you to see first, then you believe. We are very familiar with many stories we heard from this pulpit. But not so now. When you come to know the Lord, you are invited to live in the supernatural. In the supernatural, you believe and then you will see. What would you see? You will see the glory of God. What is the glory of God? It's God on display. The glory of God is God revealing Himself as God in our circumstances. The glory of God is when God advertised Himself. The glory of God is when God put Himself, His attributes, His character on display so you and the rest of the world can see God at work. But you will not see it in the physical until you believe in the spiritual. That's why in Matthew 13, it was recorded for us. 
Matthew 13, verse 35 to 38. When Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there, and coming to his hometown, he taught them in the synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get his wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brother James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And are not his sister with us? Where did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many mighty works there because of the people's unbelief. In the supernatural realm, we need to believe before we see. Walk by faith. You and I need to trust God in his greater purpose. Let's move on. Verse 17 of John 11. Then when Jesus came, he found Lazarus has already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews have come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give it to you. Now Mary, let me skip some verses to verse 32. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet saying to him, the same thing. Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. Point number two for today, wait on God's better timing. So we have two frustrated sisters. Earlier, they sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill, expecting Jesus to come. Jesus, Jesus did not show up. The verbal one, Martha, say to Jesus, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. In short, where were you when we needed you? Where were you when we call on you? The other sister, Mary, the quiet and depressed one, went home and started crying. She too said the same thing. Jesus, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. And if we are honest today, there are many here who have been disappointed by the Lord. The Lord didn't do what he clearly hoped he would do or understood he was going to do. When you hope that he can be a little bit faster, God is taking his time. When you thought that he answered your prayer, the answer was opposite. When you thought God would make it better, but things got worse for a moment. And God seems to be very distant and far away. Jesus does not follow our human timeline. Wait on God for his better timing. 
I got to know this story from a lady in our church, Estasia. She and the husband has been ministering to her second auntie for a long time. It was exactly one week ago when she was worshipping here, God just impressed upon her heart to visit the auntie one more time because the auntie has been diagnosed with a liver cancer and she's losing the battle. The, the drugs is not working and she is going in and out of consciousness uh, every moment. So that impression, uh, she has that impression and decided to visit uh, the aunt on Wednesday night. Uh, She's not sure what to say, but God gave her a verse, Psalms 55, verse 22. God told her to give him the burden and he would take care of her. So when they reached the hospital, the auntie was in a state of unconsciousness. Esther leaned forward to call her a few times, stroking her hands, her head. There's no response. She continued to call her and told her who she was. And finally, she responded with a nod, with a, but still with her eyes closed. She repeated a few more times, telling her, the auntie, that she's loved by Jesus and asked her whether she wants to accept Jesus into her life. She nodded three times and with a faint clinch on her hand, confirming her desire. Esther told her that she would say the sinner prayer with her and she nodded again. As she finished praying the sinner's prayer, the auntie suddenly opened her eyes. In her words, so big to look at Esther and the husband and then close her eyes. Esther reported this was amazing because she has not been able to open her eyes that long and that big. She continued to ask her uh, and interact with her, but she kept her eyes closed. That night, they rejoiced because another lost ship is safe. Heaven rejoiced. Just last night, Esther, second auntie, passed away and started to breathe the first celestial air. God has his timing. Before that, Esther was trying, but when the time is right, God impressed upon her heart to visit the auntie, and right at the moment, with God's help, she was able to lead her into the kingdom of God. So wait on God's better timing. Faith never knows where it is being led but it loves and knows the one who is leading. If you want to walk by faith, we need to wait on God's better timing. Let's go back to John 11, verse 23. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again, to Martha. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though she, he died, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? 
She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when he heard it, she rose quickly and went to Jesus. Now Jesus has not come into the village yet, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she is going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who have come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. When we want to walk by faith, we need to hope in God's higher way. The issue of faith is not so much whether we believe in God. R.C. Sprout tells us this. But whether we believe the God we believe in. Okay, let me repeat. The issue of faith is not so much whether we believe in God, but whether we believe the God we believe in. Jesus was moved, he was troubled, he wept. Jesus was being deeply disturbed by the pain and the anguish of the sisters and his good friend who suffered and died. In fact, in verse 35, the shortest verse in the Bible is recorded for us, Jesus wept. Some years back, the leaders, uh, the elders were just uh, together and uh, were just talking about the baptism, which we saw on the screen earlier on. We were wondering to each other, what happened if the power failure come when there's a baptism, all right, and all the screen and the verses will be gone. And we encourage each other. We will use this verse to baptize people. Jesus wept, and then we'll baptize them. <laughs> Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 tell us an inter- interesting aspect of Jesus. Verse 14 says, Since we have a great high priest who have passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus can sympathize with our weakness. And he will never let his emotion govern his theology. 
and what he's going to do. Yes, he feels for us. He sympathizes with us. We can draw near to the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace. But at the same time, he will not allow how he feels to determine what he will do for the greater purpose. We may think God can only heal in a certain way. Example, the sister by not allowing Lazarus to die. But God's higher way is to resurrect him from his death. Dead. He's using this to demonstrate to Martha and Mary and to his rest of the disciples and also to us that he's indeed what he claimed to be. I'm the resurrection and the life. Bible also tells us, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts, your thoughts. Isaiah 55. Walking by faith, we need to hope in God's higher way. Let's finish up John 11, verse 39. Jesus said, take, the, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time, there will be an order. For he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I say this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had, who had died came out. His hand, feet, bounded with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who have come with Mary, and has seen what he did, believe in him. My final point, you want to walk by faith, you need to move your stone. You need to move your stone. When Jesus gets there in front of the tomb, he saw the stone, and he issued a command. And this command involves an action. Martha's mouth, because she's the talkative one, went ahead of everyone else. She said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an order, a stench, a smell, because my brother has been dead for days. She did what most of us will do when Jesus issued a command that we do not like, or do not understand. She enters a com conversation with human logic and understanding. Don't miss this. Whatever Martha has said is absolutely correct. Your facts may be absolutely correct. Your information is impeccable. Your calculation is faultless. 
You are absolutely correct. Martha, after four days, he does sting. But Jesus asks you to move the stone. You ask, when do we not move the stones? That is when we do not act on what God impressed upon us to do. Christians limit ourselves to the natural because we do not want to act on what Jesus has impressed upon us to do. We can't figure out how God is going to do this. We can't figure out where is this coming from and where is this leading us to. We can't figure out God's logic. Jesus said to her in verse 40, Didn't I tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? But you don't see the supernatural until you believe. And you believe by doing what God has told you to do. God is saying, I will wait until you decide to believe. I will wait until I detect motion in you. Fortunately, in verse 41, it was reported for us, they remove the stone. There will be people who were brought alongside to help her move something she could not move herself. And that's why we need a community. And that's why you need people around you to help you move your stone if the stone is too big for you. So if you want to move the stone but cannot move the stone, get someone who care for you enough, who pray for you enough, who cry with you enough, who love you enough to put their hands on your stone that you got to move. Henry Norman says, Christian community is the place where we can keep the flame of hope alive among us. And we take it seriously so that we, it can grow and become stronger in us. Everyone in this space, in this church, should either be getting help to move your stone or are helping someone else to move their stone. That's where I think church is supposed to do, to help each other to move our stones. There's a lot God wants to do, He's waiting to do after He sees faith in action or motion on earth. Are you trapped? Does this scenario sound a little bit familiar? Is the only hope for this thing a resurrection? Then you qualify for the supernatural. Watch this. After Jesus verbalized his prayer to God for the sake of his disciples and people there in front of the tomb, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Notice the specificity of the call. It is not your Come forward. Then everybody, Tom, Dick, and Harry from the graveyard will have come out of their tomb. But Jesus called out the specific answer for the specific request. When you need a miracle, you need God to call out your Lazarus and not just some vague answer. And that's how you know it is God when He calls you by your name. Specific answer to the specific need. Lazarus, come forth. 
The Bible also tells us that when the man who had died come forward, he was bound with hand and feet with wrapping and his face was wrapped with a cloth. When Lazarus come forth, he did not come forth walking. He probably come forth shuffling because his leg, his knee was tied up with the death cloth. He was alive, but he is not liberated because he's still tied up. And that's why Jesus called a small group. He said, I want you all to untie the legs and the arms and wrap his head because I want the other people to participate in God's miracle. God just do not want to do miracle that exclude you. He wants to do miracle that includes you because he wants you to be part of the miracle. He did enough to get going. He says, I want you all to finish it all so that you can see how can I can use people in the lives of circumstances to do what they can do to get him alive. That's why in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, we are we work together with God because we become the righteousness of God. We are workers together with Jesus. He will do what we can't as he wants us to do what we can so that we can be partakers in the supernatural miracle working process. The passage closed by saying that many believe on that day, on Jesus. God's glory on display. They get to see it. Martha get to see it. Mary get to see it. The disciples get to see it because they believe and they saw it. And now all of us. Faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what do you believe? So the four aspects of walking by faith, trust in God's greater purpose, waiting on God's better timing, hope in God's higher way, and then we need to move our stones so that we can encounter God and see what we believe. I want you to show, I want to show this video to you. It's about Ken and Eddie. Uh, as amazing couple who felt God have led them to open up their house for people who need a place uh, to stay. Uh, in another video, uh, they reported that at times they do not have enough money to feed the people. And they will go out fishing and the Lord will provide fishes for them to feed the people. So let's sit back and watch this video. When I came back home and found like my luggage outside the house, I just felt a bit shocked. At the same time, a bit frustrated because I came back from a long day on work. And just seeing these things there just shows me that is it my family don't want me anymore. So I sort of started knocking at the door. After that, I think it was like maybe for an hour or so, I knocked and realised that, hey, I don't think anyone is going to open the door. And when I was there, I was just thinking of what I should do. There were just three options that came to my mind. The first thing is maybe I should go to the police. Then the second thing I thought of was maybe just like to kill myself or something because yeah, I just felt like if 
my family wouldn't want me, then what is the point of me continuing to live? Maybe if I die, it will be easier for everyone. And the third thing I thought was, oh, just a message Ken and Eddie. And then if they don't reply by an hour or so, then maybe I'll take a second option to kill myself or something. There's this friend of mine that sent me a newspaper article uh, that they wrote on a newspaper, Ken and Eddie. So I thought, um, okay, why not? I just contact them. Okay, why not? I just give it a shot. I think it felt very surreal. I couldn't imagine that this is the life that I'm going to have now. I think when I stepped in, and then I found out that, oh, I can have dinner, it was very surreal. Like, very surreal that I could have a family now. In this house, like, they don't expect me to pay them. Yeah, and they, to, to me, like, they are not, like, blood-related. I always feel that if my, like, my own family, like, they don't, like, they don't do that to me, right, then, like, why would? Like, why would total strangers like do that? Doesn't sorry, it really doesn't make sense. I think when we got together, we were very sure that we really wanted to put God first in everything. Our wedding verse is "Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." Yeah, and so we wanted to avail ourselves our home and whatever we had to make that available to anyone who had a need of it. I think it's very important for her to know that she's loved. Actually, not so much that, you know, she's loved by us, but I think very importantly that she's very much loved by God. I mean, we, we didn't know her. We didn't know who she was and what her situation was, but, but God saw her, God knew her, and God made a way for her. I think as I wrestled along with it, I felt I have to come to accept that this, this God really does, He does love me. Ah. Oh my goodness, this girl can sing. And I realized that there was really something special. Something really special about her and perhaps what God has for her. Yeah, because I feel that music, songs, like it's a language that like, I feel emotionally speaking when I'm really down. Like I can go to that uh, avenue to just pour all my emotions there. And I hope like when people listen to my songs, that they will be inspired and have some hope in the midst of like, their troubles. Because when I was staying here, I was working. And one of my biggest regrets was not finishing my studies. So Ken and Eddie encouraged me to go back to school. So I'm currently in Polytechnic studying uh, music and audio production. I hope to be a singer-songwriter. It doesn't matter where she came from, that the brokenness can be restored in, in God who loves her and has a great hope and plan for her. And she doesn't need to pay back 
in any way, but if anything, is to love back. <laughs> when I'm older and I have my own place, I hope to do the same like what Ken Eddie did for me, to maybe house in youth who are really stranded and nowhere to go, maybe because of similar situations that I've been through. Yeah, I hope to do the same for them. Ken and Eddie, they have shown me so much kindness. Yeah, I feel very, very grateful to be able to stay here. And I want to tell them that I really love them. And yeah, I love them. 3,000. <laughs> Anyone who has nowhere to turn to, God wants you. If no one wants you, God wants you. And that's as a church, we want you. So can Eddie walk by faith, live by faith? They felt that God has led them to open their house to provide a shelter for those who do not have any place to go. It doesn't matter who you are, they will take you in. And they will feed you, they will encourage you, they will love you, they will care for you. They walk by faith, they trust in God's greater purpose. Because of what they have done, joy in the movie, fell left and find her own future in the midst of the caring environment. Ken and Eddie wait on God's better timing for God to provide. They hope in God's higher way and they're willing to move their stone. Uh, from what I know, it was a very difficult decision for them to open up their house, uh, to invite strangers into their house. But they did it, and they demonstrate God's love in a very tangible way to people. So folks, our faith goes beyond a logical faith. It causes us certainly to consider, to ponder, but faith is not just something that stays in the brain. It starts from the brain, it moves to the hearts, and it propels us into action. James 2.26 says, for as the body, apart from the spirit, is dead, so also faith, apart from works, is dead. Faith gives us a firm foundation that our life can rest on. And it gives meaning, gives us hope, and gives us future. A look at the list of the faith in Hebrews 11. All of them indicate some kind of motion as encouraged by God. By faith, Abel brought a sacrifice to God that was the best of the best. But Cain brought a lackluster sacrifice. One had faith, the other, the Bible tells us, he didn't. By faith, Enoch walked with God despite the weakness of the world. By faith, Noah believed what God said about the flood, start to build a boat 120 years before he experienced the first drop of the rain. By faith, Abraham obeyed and left everything behind 
to go towards this promised land that God has called him. By faith, Sarah considered God is faithful enough. And even though she thinks she's barren, she gave birth to a son at the age of 95. By faith, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph trusted God without seeing the promised land. Yet they believe God will bring the next generation to the promised land. By faith, Moses chose to be God's outcast people rather than enjoy the pleasure of the palace. By faith, the Israelite people fled Egypt and against all the laws of physics crossed the Red Sea on dry land. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish because she hide the spies because she believed the God of the spies and defy her own king and trusted God for safety. By faith, they all understood that God was bigger than circumstances, worthy of their hope, no matter what they receive, blessing or ill treatment. Second Corinthians 5, 7 say, for we walk by faith not by sight. So I want to challenge all of us today, this evening. Let's walk by faith, trust in God's greater purpose, wait on God's better timing, hope in God's higher way, and let's go out there and move the stone. And before I pray, I want to read the last verse. Hebrews 11 doesn't really end at end of 11. It ends in Hebrews 12. Because in Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that are so easily entangled. And let us run with perseverance the rays mark out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Father, this evening as we come to the end of the message. Lord, I ask you to stir in our hearts. Stir in our hearts so that all of us will make a decision tonight to walk by faith. No longer walking by sight.